Hello and welcome to Second Look, the show brought to you by Outset, where we pause and re-examine and really take a second look at issues and things going on in politics and culture. I'm your host, Benjamin Green, and at any point during this episode, please feel free to tweet me about your thoughts on it. Uh, My Twitter handle is at bgreenaz. Well, I hope all of you who are listening who celebrate Christmas had a Merry Christmas this past week. I know I did on Christmas Day, got together with some family um, at my grandparents' house, and then the day after Christmas, my wife and I um, hosted my siblings and grandparents again, coming over and all getting together, had some fun playing with nieces and nephew, and um, it's just really a great day. I love getting all my siblings together. I'm one of five, so it's rowdy, but it's a ton of fun. So I had a very Merry Christmas. My wife got me the new Adele CD, so I mean, everything's good in the world. <laughs> uh, it was another really good year. Christmas is a very happy time of year for me. As I said on the show last year, I always get really excited about it, and this year was no exception. So I hope you had a Merry Christmas. Let me know how it went. Tweet me. I I love to hear about it. And I hope you have a happy New Year as well. What New Year's resolutions are you guys making? I know some people have sworn them off because they don't complete them. This year, by I'm making one big, big resolution, and that is to try and make this year be a year of gratitude. Um where I stop taking things for granted and uh, be more thankful for how blessed I am and the things I have and make that attitude shift a reality. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Let me know. I'd love to hear them. And it's always interesting to see what people say. I mean, there are a few that tend to crop up as being very popular, get organized, or lose weight, or stuff like that. But uh, it seems to me that everyone who does New Year's resolutions tends to have at least one or two things that's completely unique to them, and I really enjoy hearing about it. (sighs) With all of that happy stuff, I'm very sad. Um, If... If you don't know me in person, you might not know this. I'm not very comfortable around animals. I love looking at pictures of animals. I think they're cute. I think they're funny. But in person, I'm kind of on edge, very uneasy anytime I'm around an animal. Um, and they're... Uh, My wife's parents have had dogs, and it took me a long time to get comfortable around them. Uh, And they had this wonderful corgi named Gwendolyn, who quickly became my favorite dog in the whole wide world. And I'm very sad to say that she has run away. And so that was very sad. 
But other than that, it was a very, very happy week. Um, yeah, well, without further ado, let's jump into the show topic today, which is... Dun, 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 dun. Guns. <laughs> I don't talk very often about guns because I'm actually not very knowledgeable about them. It's not an area in which I've taken the time to develop an expertise. Uh, I was talking about this on Twitter a few weeks ago. I I have shot a gun a few times in my life, but I don't know the facts. I don't know the statistics, but that's not what this episode is about. Here at Second Look, we seek truth and we seek unity and we seek freedom. <laughs> Outset, we're all about individual liberty, personal responsibility, and free markets. And the gun debate is, in my opinion, the most stale political debate. It's exactly the same thing every time. And I've waited to talk about it until right now because I don't believe in politicizing tra tragedies. Fun fact, I almost always say the word tragedy, tragedy, the first time I go to say it. Very rarely do I get it right the first time. I don't believe in politicizing tragedies. And I, for a while there, it was seeming like we were having mass shootings all the time. And, or even just high-profile shootings, not necessarily mass shootings. I won't use that term because that causes a lot of <laughs> conversations in its own right. So I wanted to wait until a time when things had settled down a bit. And so I planned this episode for today. Here's what I think about guns. I agree with the general conservative position on gun control. That gun control's dumb. That it's pretty illogical. Um, I've heard all the arguments on both sides. You know, you hear the, well, the First Amendment's restricted. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. So, Obviously, we can restrict the Second Amendment from the liberal side. That seems to be one of the more common ones. And then from the conservative side, you tend to hear, well, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. The... When I say that this is the most stale debate in politics in this country, what I mean is that I don't think anyone's mind is ever changed by t what we say about gun control. It's full of grandstanding from both sides, and I happen to believe that one of those sides is correct from a constitutional and logical standpoint, but that doesn't change the fact that my preferred side's messaging is awful. And can be as e equally as stupid as someone on the other side. Nobody likes 
to be yelled at. Nobody likes to be talked down to. These are two things that quickly go out the window in politics. We're so quick to yell at each other and talk down to each other about certain issues. I, for one, really appreciate when people take a level-headed and logical approach to things. In day-to-day life, I'm a pretty emotional person. I, I, I'm kind of a dramatic guy. I exaggerate. I, um, I don't know. I'm loud. <laughs> I don't want to give you too weird of a picture of myself, but I I do tend to have emotional responses quite often. But I always try to temper those emotional responses with a logical response as well. It's healthy to have both sides. And in the gun debate, too often it seems like we have all emotion on one side and all logic on the other. That's not entirely true, because there is some logic on both sides and there is some emotion on both sides. But as a general rule, Democrats pushing for gun control appear to emotion. If it saves only one life, isn't it worth it? If it saves even just one, how many lives is too high a price to pay for freedom, etc., etc., etc. And then on the right, we have um, that, what I was saying earlier, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, and all these other logical arguments. We need both to have a good approach to the gun debate. We need both logic and emotion and Really, the only thing we need to settle it from a legal standpoint is the Constitution. One of the things I love about the Constitution is that it's understandable. One of the things I hate about politicians is we try to pretend that politicians and pundits try to pretend that the Constitution is this nebulous, hard-to-understand document. We have countless people who are constitutional lawyers. And I understand that sometimes it's very important to have people who have studied and studied and studied the Constitution and understand the nuances of why this comma was placed here in this spot. But for the most part, you can understand the Constitution by reading it and saying, oh, what's that mean? Oh, Okay, so the Second Amendment says, and I might miss a word or two here because I don't have it written out in front of me, but a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, something like that, the right to bear arms of the people shall not be infringed. And we can debate all day long about what those words mean. But the Constitution's pretty clear. I mean, when when you read that, when you hear that, sure, the word militia might confuse you. The word regulated might confuse you because they were used a little differently when the Constitution was written than they are used today. But the second half of that is a clause on its own that is clear. 
shall not be infringed doesn't mince words. We know this. We've heard this before. And if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely have heard this before. So why am I bringing it up now? Well, it's just that I feel like the constitutional side is, it's pretty much settled. Within the political sphere, you might have some people who argue that, uh, well, no, within the bounds of the current Second Amendment, we have the right to ban lots of guns. But for the most part, most people will admit that the Constitution allows people to bear arms. This is just the first in what I think are a series of things that the political right, those for gun freedom, for the most part, um, need to stop bringing up. Um, First of all, to the average American person... I don't think appeals to the Constitution and the Founding Fathers mean all that much. They might mean a lot to you or me, but if you're listening to this show, it's probably because you're really interested in politics. And if you're interested in American politics, you're going to be interested in the founding documents of American politics way more than the average person you talk to every day at work, at school, on the street. Uh, It's just not going to happen. Um. I've often laughed because if we just looked at what the Founding Fathers said, a whole lot of what we do today would be just kind of confounded, like <laughs> really self-explanatory. But most people, it's not that they don't get it. I'm, it's that they don't think that way. And that's fine. It's not an indictment of their character that they don't consider the Founding Fathers with every declaration of, oh, the government should do something about this. And so with the gun debate, we see these terrible tragedies, these people walking into a room and rapidly ending the lives of dozens of people. Or even in the case of the shooting at Northern Arizona University, a kid just goes back to his car and comes back and shoots a couple guys. Like, what? We see these things and we ask for answers. And we don't have answers. Too often the right then substitutes that, well, we don't know why they did this, but we know one reason that's not why they did this. It's not just because they had access to a gun. And then that sets everyone off in this downward spiral. I agree, it's not just because they had access to a gun. People kill because they kill. People killed long before guns were invented. And should humanity be around here for billions of years, then people will kill long after guns have become obsolete at the pace of innovation. We live in a fallen world, I believe, and people kill people. It's sad, it's tragic, but it's a fact. 
And too often, the right ignores the tragedy for the sake of yelling. I want to keep my guns. I, I, boy, I wish those people who had been shot, I wish one of them had had a gun so they could have shot back. Those things aren't helpful. Those things aren't productive. And most importantly, those things don't change anyone's mind. Social media is a great tool, and it's great for hypocrisy. It enables people to feel like they've done something without doing anything at all. And guns are huge in this. After every shooting, people just sit there and yell at each other on Facebook and Twitter or text each other about, well, how ridiculous these laws are or these laws aren't. We need more of them. And they feel, we, we feel like we've done something. We've pushed send. That gives us a feeling of accomplishment. We, we've done nothing. At the very, very, very least, we've caused one of our friends or one of our followers to get angry with us. As we search for answers to how to face tragedy. No one is benefited by anger. It's not necessarily true all the time, but I firmly believe it's true in, in politics. Nobody is benefited by anger, by outrage. When we're talking about taking away essential freedoms or protecting human life, no matter how impassioned you are, the moment you get angry is the moment you throw away all potential of changing someone's mind. That's what I believe. So the gun debate, it's stale. It's become a ritual that we all push through after every tragedy because we don't have the answers as to why this happened. Because a lot of times, there are no answers. People do really terrible things to other people, and we don't know why. And the moment you are willing to admit that to yourself, the moment... We, believers in freedom, can admit that. That we, we don't have answers. That's the moment when we can begin to change the debate. So let me tell you how to change someone's mind on gun control. Because I am a person who used to believe that gun control was a pretty acceptable thing. One of these, um, well, yeah, I think people should have the right to own guns, but nobody needs an AR-15. I, that was me 
just a few years ago. I uh, wholeheartedly agreed with that statement. I supported the assault weapons ban. I, I thought that schools should be weapon-free zones. And I no longer adhere to those beliefs. Step one. Open your mind to the possibility that you might be wrong. Step two. Talk to people logically and not in times of emotional distress. Step number three to changing the debate on gun control is, and here's the kicker, (laughs) talk like a real person. Now what I mean by this is talk about it conversationally. Talk about it the way you would... I don't know, the latest pop culture news. (laughs) Don't talk about it trying to own someone in an argument. Don't talk about it trying to... uh, Don't try to win. Just talk. And then step number four, and this is the most important step. Don't get angry. I firmly believe that anger doesn't change anybody's mind. People, when they see someone else who is angry, it is a binary response. You either join up with that person if you agree with them, or you mentally block out that person's arguments if you disagree with them. And this is true in everything, whether it's the person in front of you in line at the grocery store swearing that the coupon should be valid and getting really angry about it, Whether it's, I don't know, Senator Harry Reid calling members of the Tea Party terrorists. No matter what, it won't change anyone's mind. So, you may have noticed I get a little bit emotionally invested here. Whenever there is a tragedy, it just take some time for me to process. I don't really have words very quickly. I don't... I just don't. (laughs) And so when I go on social media, it just makes me sadder to see so many people, even people I'm friends with, people I trust, to engage in this silly charade of yelling at people over social media and and it does nothing so for the sake of unity in this great country i hope that this podcast inspires you to change the way you think about guns um i don't know if you agree with me or not about guns maybe you think that quote unquote assault weapons should be banned that's fine but If you are like me, especially, change the way you react in the face of a crisis. And that's, yeah, that's what I hope this episode will accomplish. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Second Look. 
Um, it really means a lot to me if you go and rate these episodes in iTunes. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can also find every episode at OutsetMagazine.com, or all the links get tweeted out from the at OutsetMagazine Twitter account. Be sure to follow me at BGreenAZ, Benjamin Green, and follow my awesome editor at Stephen with a PH underscore Perkins. You rock, Stephen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I hope to see you soon. We might not have an episode next week because this weekend is my anniversary. So, yeah. We'll, we'll just have to see if I can get one done. Um, and with that, I wish you a happy new year. We'll see you all next time.